0: This has been a
1: wonderful conversation with Phil Cook, who is a producer and director based in America, but he speaks all over the world at conferences and film schools. Phil, you have a great book called One... Is it called One Thing? One Big Thing. One Big Thing. Talk about that. One Big Thing, Discovering What You Were Born to Do. Okay. I,
2: I spent so many years working with nonprofit organizations, churches, and ministries on this branding issue, and part of the branding issue is finding that niche, finding that area where you just really excel and and that, that you know, I discovered the most successful people out there are not people who are pretty good at a lot of things, they're people who are extraordinary at one big thing. Mm-hmm. And So I started applying some of these branding principles to our own lives and I and I realized that there's too many people out there that are trying to be good at a lot of things. I say stop that and be extraordinary at one big thing. I just really believe research My experience, all of it indicates that we are wired to do one thing really, really well. I I wrote the book to help people figure out, number one, what is that one big thing? What's that area I could really excel in? How do I figure it out? And then what do I do with it? Once I figure it out, how do I get it on the map? How do I get it noticed? Maybe it's being a writer. And and it's not really about a job. It's really more of a purpose, why you were put on this planet, what you were called to accomplish, and figuring that out and then figuring out how to get it out there, how for people to know about it, because that's going to be key. Um, it's been, It's just gotten a lot of acclaim, and um, I would love for people to check it out. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you go. I, I think it would really help people understand that in today's distracted, disrupted digital world that we live in, to stop trying to keep up with everything and start learning to focus. I, I just believe, Craig, that The the most valuable commodity of the 21st century will be undivided attention. I think we're being pulled in so many ways that we're going to get to the end of our life and realize, oh, yeah, we tweeted a lot and we posted on Facebook and we kept up with our email, but we never really accomplished anything. We never really did what we felt like God called us to do. And so this book is kind of a one big thing. is kind of a wake up call to help people realize, OK, what is the priority for me? What's that one big thing I could change the world in and um, and then figure out how to go out there, do it and how to get it noticed and on the radar.
1: I've got a really good uh, example of that from Dan Rupel, a, mu- a mutual friend of ours who spoke in my class in Concordia. He said something and I immediately wrote it down. He said, focus on significance not success or more than success and we are so wired these days with everything we have phil to go after success but significance trumps that and if you look at jesus was he a success wow they nailed him to a tree okay is that success and and everyone disbanded but he was a person of significance talk about that for a second
2: that's tr- so true. You know, uh, Mother Teresa. I don't think she was. Uh, it was a party time in the gutters, uh, dealing with lepers uh, in in India. But she, out of that, she created a global ministry and has impacted. I mean, won a Nobel Prize. It impacted millions of people around the world. So it it doesn't have to be. You know, you don't have to be on on stage. You don't have to be a big Hollywood person. You don't have to be a famous writer. Um, just figuring out that one big thing. One, one of my one of the, the the things I encourage people do is that one big thing should be a very tiny niche. In other words, you know, I, I tell direct when I when I teach classes here in Hollywood, I, I tell directors don't just be a, try to be a great director because there's millions of great directors. That means you're competing against Spielberg and Scorsese and Tarantino and Michael Bay and everybody. What about being a, a brilliant director in a certain budget category with a certain type of film, create a little niche where suddenly the competition becomes less and less and less. And, and, you, be- and you
1: become the go-to person.
2: Absolutely. You know, the woman, I, the uh, illustration I never in, t- I tire of using is the woman who's won the most Grammy Awards of all time. You know, it's not Barbra Streisand, it's not Celine Dion, it's not Beyonce or Aretha Franklin, any of the greats. The woman who has won the most Grammy Awards of all time is Alison Krauss, the bluegrass player. And that's because no matter what happens in the rest of the Grammy Awards, she so dominates her niche that whenever they announce the bluegrass awards year after year after year, she's going to walk away with them. And so as a result, she's got a lot more than anybody else in history. So very often dominating a very small niche is your key to getting on the map. And as a result, now it's made her so famous that she's done a rock album with Robert Plant. She's, I heard, I hear she's, Thinking about a a classical album. Now she can do anything she wants because being the master of that small niche is what put her on the map. So as you think, you know, I I would encourage people to get the book, One Big Thing, Discovering What You Were Born to Do. And it will really help you figure that out and uh, really create a strategy for how to, how to get your message heard, your talent seen, and it'll make a
1: difference for you. We will continue the conversation on the other side of the break. We'll see you and you'll hear from us in 30 seconds.
0: This podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International, a nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now, back to Craig. I read this in a book not too long ago. Uh, someone posed the question,
1: how do we live our faith in a media-drenched world? How do we do that, Phil?
2: Well, it's funny. I, I, I think that uh, it's not as hard as people think. Uh, certainly there are compromises we're asked to make, but the truth is Christian attorneys make comprom- are asked to make compromises. Christian plumbers are asked to make compromises. And, and the truth is, in Hollywood, you know, there are people here who, who hug rock, uh, hug trees and worship rocks. So being a Christian is not that weird. Uh, what I've discovered is, and this would be a great way to close this and a good thought to leave with your, your listeners. When you come to a place like Hollywood, are you trying to com- or, or you try to compete in Nashville or New York or wherever you're working? Don't lead with your faith, lead with your talent. Mm-hmm. Um, if you come to Hollywood and you tell everybody you're a Christian and, and kind of expect to be, be respected, No, they'll run you out of town, nobody's interested. But if you come to Hollywood and you're an extraordinary director, if you're extraordinary director of photography, producer, actor, writer, whatever, don't listen to what, anything you've got to say. And so they're looking for talented people. So I just say, you know, be a Christian, no question about it, but don't lead with that. Lead with being extraordinary at what you do, and then people will start asking you questions about what, what motivates you, what drives you, um, and what makes you so good at it. And then you can start to share that, those, those answers with people, and that'll, that's what, I don't know, I, I see that all the time out here, and I think if people can do that, it'll make a huge difference.
1: Superb advice. There's a great quote that I just read not long ago from Martin Luther, who said, the Christian shoemaker doesn't live out his faith by putting little crosses in the shoes, but by making really good shoes. Yeah,
2: so true. Absolutely true. So true. I think God is not honored by someone who's vocal about their testimony, but does really terrible work. I think he's honored more about people who live a life of excellence, um, and share, you know, when the opportunities happen, they share, but they don't force it. They just focus on doing what they're called to do.
1: It's been a delight talking to you. Is there anything you want to, you're going to, you're talking to the world here from near, <laughs> n- near it, from, from your, your phone or your computer and mine, uh, welcome to a digital world. We're talking to the world. Is, is there a last thought or Or uh, you know, just uh, an inspiration that you'd like to give to our audience.
2: Well, I would encourage people to come and talk to me. Um, You know, I'm on Twitter at at @philcook, P H I L C O O K E. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Um, My blog, you mentioned at philcook.com. We have some fantastic. My my blog is really about the intersection of faith, media, and culture. And if people are interested in that conversation, then uh, you ought to come and jump into some of the things we talk about because we've got. quite a few thousand people that come in on a regular basis and jump into these discussions and I would encourage people to do it and and if if I left you with anything I think it would probably be that you know whatever dream you have in your heart I I, I don't think that anything is possible. I think we do live in a a flawed world. I think Disney was wrong when he said all you have to do is is dream it and it'll happen. I I think we live in a world where nobody cares. And you have to be – there's a struggle involved in your art. Whatever you do, if you're a writer, if you're a filmmaker, if you're an actor, whatever, whatever kind of creative artist you are, set yourself – for it to be a difficult journey. I often tell writers that the secret to writing is connecting the seat of your pants to the seat of a chair. (laughs) You just have to show up. And uh, in fact, it's interesting, and and I'll maybe close with this. There's a book that came out a year or two ago called Daily Rituals. And they follow 160 of the most creative people of the last 200 years. They follow their daily routine, that's all. They have no commentary, no talk about their work, just their daily routine, What they, how they do what they do. And it's literally just their daily schedule. And what's interesting is the vast majority, vast, vast, vast majority are slaves to routine. You know, the idea that creativity is all about inspiration is really not true at all. Creativity is about showing up every day, sitting down at the keyboard, sitting down with a pencil and paper, and doing the work, putting in the time. And so I would just encourage people that if you're waiting for inspiration, it's never going to show up. Inspiration happens when you show up ready to work. And if you can do that, I think some exciting things
1: will happen. Excellent advice. Phil Cook, it has been a pleasure to to hear from you and to talk with you, and I know uh, hundreds, if not thousands of people will uh, take something away that they can use and be inspired by. And for those who are wondering uh, direction, etc., et you've uh, helped them uh, helped to point them in some good directions. Thank you. Um, you ask great questions, Craig. It's always
2: a joy to be with you, man. Thanks so much.